We are experiencing the worst times in the Alberta oil patch in at least a generation, maybe ever. And now the politicians who created this mess say they have all the answers to fix it. All we have to do is trust them. Do you? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. angry Calgarians gathered in downtown Calgary about two weeks ago. Justin Trudeau was in town speaking to, well, I guess anybody but them. The Calgarians were rallying in support of Alberta's oil and gas sector, one that has been beleaguered and hard hit by carbon taxes, lack of market access because of dithering on pipelines, cancelled pipelines, and bad legislation that injects social justice measures into energy project applications and approvals. Late last week, a smaller protest was held early in the morning in downtown Edmonton when Natural Resources Minister Amarjeet Sohi was in town to speak to a business audience from the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce. I was there on the scene with the protesters. People are fearful, they're anxious about the future, and some are even losing everything. And they feel like the government isn't listening to them. They're fed up, and they feel like if the catastrophic economic conditions that exist in Alberta right now existed in Ontario or Quebec or another eastern province, the federal government would be a lot quicker to act to help them. And I think they're right. And I think this lack of action from the federal government, coupled with Rachel Notley's mishandling of the energy file from the very beginning, is making a lot of non-political people suddenly politically motivated to see change. My guest tonight is someone who often describes himself as non-political or apolitical. He says he only cares about jobs, but I think that's changing. Joining me tonight from his hotel room in Calgary is my friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong to talk about the wild couple of weeks we've had in the Alberta oil patch and what happens next. thanks for joining me. We've had so much news in pipelines and pipeline protests over the past, I don't know, two weeks. Let's go back, I guess it would be two weeks, to the protests that happened in Calgary. Um, about 2,500 people took the streets of Calgary on a work day <laughs> to protest in favor of pipelines. What's that all about? Well, I think a lot of the big turnout had to do with the fact that Justin Trudeau was in Calgary. And um, his charm offensive has finally worn off. People are sick of him. Um, everything he does before flaunting $50 million to, uh, to a celebrity in the United States, to buying a pipeline and not building the pipeline, um, and not doing everything in the power to make sure it's built, people are fed up. On one hand, I'm happy because it's making my cause advocacy, uh, it, more people are listening, more people are engaged. I'm sad because it took us this long to get to this point. I don't know what is wrong with Alberta, 
that we don't we don't we're we're just we're reactive we're not proactive so um i'm fed up with justin trudeau and i'm as nonpartisan as i get uh, i can't take it anymore i can't take his arrogance his narcissism his i don't know his team around him and um we're hurting in alberta and particularly calgary and um I just uh, think that people have had enough and uh, people are going to do whatever they can to try and express their frustration and fight back. And it didn't, I guess it didn't stop in Calgary because the natural resources minister, Amarjeet Sohi, who happens to be an Edmonton MP, one of the four few of Mm -hmm. them um, that are from the Liberal Party in Alberta, He was in Edmonton last week, and I ran into you there. And that rally started before the sun came up on the unholy (laughs) side of 7.15 in the morning. And there was a couple hundred people downtown Edmonton paying for parking just to protest Amarjeet Sohi. I think it was great. Um, Yeah, it was... Um, I, I helped with that rally. I helped organize it, and then I I, I was going around with the bullhorn. Um, And I actually... um, I, I, my job, my marketing company, like I, I'm, I'm go, 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 go. And I missed my flight. So I was like, I got a friend of mine to drive me down all night long. And he was a nice guy to give me the ride, but he was kept chatting. So I didn't get any sleep, but it was okay. And that rally meant a lot to me because Edmonton, Calgary, you know, rallies are kind of easy, but Edmonton, it's, it's not as easy. And uh, it, it, we're sick of words. Act, we need action. We need like, okay, but the pipeline is begun under construction. Um, we're not going to put unnecessary tanker bans because Gerald Butts thinks it's a good thing to do. We're going to actually act like a country and not be so regional. The lip service is insane. They bought a pipeline. It's like Justin Trudeau paid for with his own money. I mean, he's not, he's not a billionaire. I know he's rich, but it's our money. It's collectively the future of Canada. And the entitlement is just blowing my mind. Uh, when he, the one I took personally, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I really hate entitlement. I hate second generational wealth. I mean, I, um, I, I get it that some people are born into money, but I always have a thing against second generational wealth because it's uh, the type of the type of the type of kid that comes out of that. Yeah, it's sometimes kind of messed up. And um, when he with that with that just pompous entitlement basically says you know well you know uh camp workers and and uh, construction workers like the that the, they're basically like i mean i don't know if he's alluding to the fact that he thinks that they're rapists but i mean that's what uh, lena lubicon massimo and that candace or whatever um conoist manual who went around with a bullhorn harassing working canadians and calling them whitey and stuff that's what they were putting out now, Justin yeah, you know what? Out. Sorry, I, I dug up the exact quote for you. Um, this is what he said when he was in Argentina. He got himself uh, the international press focused on his face and his socks. And instead of advocating for Canadian oil and gas, because the world does need more Canada, he took mm-hmm. the opportunity to blast our working men who are fueling the economy. This is what he said. What does a gender lens have to do with building this new highway or this new pipeline? Well, there are impacts when you bring construction workers into a rural area. There are social impacts because they are mostly male construction workers. 
how are you adjusting or adapting to those impacts? And like you, I took that personally because my husband is one of those people he's talking about. Um, my dad was one of those people he's talking about. My father-in-law is one of those people he's talking about. My brother was one of those people he's talking about. My brother-in-laws. Um, and they're just good guys working hard, making sacrifices far away from their families in some pretty miserable conditions. And it's one thing for their prime minister to casually say that he's going to phase out their jobs. But then he does them this indignity to the international press. I found it so insulting how he degraded these men this way. You know, as you read that, it makes me more angry with with Justin. Um, you know, as he is a world jet setter spending our tax dollars like gets his own. Um, you know, when I worked at uh, for one of the oil companies for five years and, you know, and I'm not your typical oil worker, but I did for five years. I got on the bus um, every day at six in the morning and I put in a, you know, 14 hour day driving the largest truck in the world. And I did that, you know, for five years. And that was to make a better life so I could buy a house and, you know, but what I was saw the most of that, you know, made me really understand what makes a country work. Um, and it's not the blue collars in, in Calgary or Toronto in the offices. It's the guys that like, I remember one guy, he, you know, he was from Newfoundland. He had a bit of a rough time and, and he had pictures of all three of his granddaughters in his wallet and in his locker. And every time he wanted to quit, he thought of them because he was paying for their school. Um, so many, like I'm, I, he insulted all of Alberta. He insulted my father, he insulted everybody. No society's perfect. There's always going to be miss-ups. But from a, for a trust fund baby like him, and, and not only does he have a trust fund from a famous name, he, um, well, let me phrase that. Not only does he have an inheritance from his father or whatever, how he has that, he also has a famous name. So he literally can just walk through life and he's good looking and he has, I mean, if you want to talk about white privilege, Trudeau is the, the example of all privilege in the world. He's got Laurentian elite privilege. He's got privilege because of his father. He's got privilege. And he didn't have to work very hard for it. He could become a school teacher and then become prime minister. But, and I mean, I, I'm not even faulting him for that. I mean, I, I, some of that's not his fault. But to be in Argentina, to the international press, while we are trying to change the image of Canadian oil across the world because of people like Gerald Butts, who've tarnished our reputation. Um, and to talk about that, I, I honestly, like, I think he should resign. I, I don't I, I don't care that he seems to think that he bought a pipeline. Canada bought a pipeline. He's 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 not he's not our he's not our king. Um, he's a steward. Um, he's supposed to be in charge of some stuff while he's elected. And and he I I'm I'm blown away by it. Entitlement. I know him. I hosted an event for him a couple of times. And I don't know. Like I, I, when I hung around Rona Ambrose, I was very impressed with her intelligence. Even even Rachel Notley, um, Jason Kenney. I've met a lot of you know politicians and leaders, and, and and even if I don't always agree with them, I was impressed with them. I'm not impressed with Justin. I mean, like how dare after after that rally in Calgary, and where he sees like I mean, people are upset with him. After that rally in Calgary, I mean, Calgarians don't, they just want to work. It's a different mentality in Alberta. They don't want handouts. They don't want government. They don't care about extending EI. They just want to go to work, make money, 
maybe buy a truck or a car or have a little bit of a life, go on a vacation. But most importantly, they want to feed their families. And it's men and women. And the camps, that's even though it blew me away. Camps are a lot more women than they've ever been. Sure, there's a little bit more men, but I would argue that it's, it's I would say it's 60-40 and maybe even a bit more. But he just insults all of Canada instead of saying, you know what, Canadian people work really hard. And thank you to the construction workers. Thank you for all of them. He basically does this sort of, I don't know, this, I'm better than you. Look at me, I'm prime minister. Oh, by the way, I'm going to give away $50 million. Um, he insulted everybody. And I don't think, I don't think he's going to recover. I mean, certainly not with me. I, I, I'm not going to let that go. Um, I can't, I mean, I'm just, I'm hurt and I'm angry. Um, I mean, that, that basically, like, he is completely out of touch with reality. And, and you might be able to roll up your dress shirt and take off your suit jacket, but you're not a construction worker. You've never actually spent 12 hours in the field. I know what those conditions are like, just so you can pay for your unborn child or your wife or, or vice versa. There's plenty of women who go and work in, in, in those camps as construction jobs. There's this whole thing, which you probably didn't even know about, is called uh, building futures. And that's a huge thing in Alberta where they're trying to get women in the trades. And it's very successful. So he insulted everybody. He also insulted women. And I think the biggest insult of all is that he, I hate it when he says, I'm a feminist. Ronna Amrose is a feminist. Kim Campbell's a feminist. Margaret Thatcher's a feminist. Rachel Notley's a feminist. Leave the women to be the feminist. <laughs> You're a white dude with curly hair that's good looking, who's had a very privileged life. And I hate saying that. I hate, I don't believe anybody has more privilege than anybody else. I, I hate it. But if there's one person who's the epitome of privilege, it's him. For him to sit back and, like, I, I, I think that he doesn't want to, I don't think, I think he wants, he doesn't, he, there's too many female politicians, like, you know, Michelle Rempel, and people are just going him. Well, I'm a feminist. Like, it's like a shield that he wears. But, you know, he insulted the entire country. He insulted us, and especially right now. We were selling our oil at bargain basement prices that, you know, Kenny and Notley are forced to work together. Um, I, I'm blown away by his complete ineptness, incompetence, narcissistic behavior. Now, you just touched on something that I wanted to talk to you about. And I think you and I might be on different sides of this, but we're friends and I'm a conservative and I'm happy <laughs> to discuss things with people who disagree with me. Sure. Um, the cutting of the production by 9% in Alberta, I'm against it. And I'm against it because we are cutting Alberta production while we still import $300 million every month worth of Saudi Arabian oil. We still import oil from the United States. We import oil from Venezuela. We import oil from Algeria. I'm against an embargo on Alberta oil while we are still importing oil from other countries because I see this as, well, it, it is. It's an immediate cut to, to the drilling budgets. There will be drilling rigs over the Christmas break that are going to be racked and they won't go back to work. And that's because of the production cut. Now, it might keep guys downstream in the refineries working to get through the oil glut. But this is going to cause layoffs. And that's why I'm against it. Um, but I wanted to know what you thought of it. Well, I, I don't think we disagree with each other. Um, I think that we, because of the blatant incompetence 
in our federal government with this bizarre and, and the provincial with this bizarre social license justification thing. We're in a un, I can't disagree with you. All I know is that I think our price need to go a bit up and it did. Um, but I but I also agree with you like it's it. I, I think we're in a horrible situation that we just don't know what to do and I had to do something. Um, so I I support doing something, but I can completely see your point. So I'm not going to say I disagree with you. I'm not strongly that they did the right thing, but I'm glad there's I'm glad the price is going up a little bit. And I, I think that if we're going to sell it, we need to like if it was just dropping too much. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm worried if it drops too much. What does that mean? You know what I mean? But that, I think that's a conversation. I mean, what 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 a joke. It's like watching a bad movie. It really is. It's like you got a bunch of people who are, uh, I don't know, that they aren't really skilled and they're suddenly in charge. I remember like, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm really worried about? When I was a kid, the people in charge, they seemed to know what they were doing. Yeah. I don't feel like that anymore. I feel like yeah. it's sort of like, a, like I don't know, like you kind of knew what they were doing. Whether you like Mulroney or not, he kind of knew, Cretchen knew. You know, I think Harper really knew. Um, and now it's just like, okay, well, let's try this. Well, let's try that. It's not, there's no real ownership, you know? So I support their decision extremely under protest. So I don't think we disagree. I think we're kind of on the same page. I see your point. Um, at the same time, I think they had to do something. If that makes any sense. Sure. Uh, I think that um, just to add to the point that I was, making and then that I didn't make. Um, what this does is it protects Rachel Notley's royalties, right? She wants the price of oil to go higher so that the government has more revenue, which means that she's sacrificing private sector jobs in drilling and trucking to protect her public sector hiring spree. And that's what I really have a problem with. While production in the oil patch in the private sector is being cut up to 9%, Notley's not cutting her budget 9%. She's continuing to spend. So only the private sector is feeling the pain. And that's the part that really bothers me the most. All of this is being born on the backs of people and families who are already struggling with reduced hours. Oh, yeah, you know, you're completely right. Um, and, uh, I honestly, I, 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 you'll be surprised. I'm speechless on this one. I don't know the answer. I, yeah, because I don't think bring, anybody does. When you bring up that point, like, I'm just sick of it. I'm so emotional right now because, like, it, it, I've been emotional a lot lately because I just, I, I work, like, I do this advocacy, like, um, at my own expense. I've spent over 80 grand of my own money this year. Um, and I'm, I, I, I care, legitimately care. Do I want to make money on my t-shirts? Yeah, I do. I'd like to, I'd like to really get, you know, at least break even at this, right? But you work, like, I, I travel, I take planes, I, I, I go to every rally that I think I have an impact at. Like Edmonton, I needed to be there because I've got a good presence and people know me and, and that rally had a risk of not being perfect, like the Calgary rally, so I went. And I, and, and I put out, I care so much about getting a pipeline built that I'm, you know, and I, it's emotional because I'm, I'm slowly watching our country fall apart. And I'm ha right now we've had more support than we've ever had. Like we're in a really strong position right now for support. Like we're getting support in Ontario, we're getting support in Quebec and, and you can feel it. You know what I mean? When like, 
horrible organizations like Lush. You know, they boycott, they, they are attacking our industry. And then all of a sudden it resurfaces. People are like, whoa, Lush, let's, they're, 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 they're engaged, which is good. But I mean, I guess I'm another four or five years ahead and I'm looking at what Alberta and Canada is going to look like if we don't get our act together. And I mean, I, I, I guess the one good, I, I, I just want everyone to get along. I want it to be like it used to be. The NDP were kind of unions and unions wanted too much. or And then the conservatives were kind of like all business. And then both parties kind of fought it out. And then, and then, but it was all about the greater good. So the NDP at the time cared about union and union jobs and, and oil jobs and, and CN jobs and that. And the conservatives were about low taxes and business. And sometimes, you know, one, it went the other way. But now it's a joke. You have the federal NDP who has got to be the worst politician in Canadian history, who I don't think is fit to drive a bus. You have, um, you have, and, and, and they don't care about jobs. The federal NDP wants to shut down the pipelines. How is that an NDP? My father, who is hardcore NDP, is now conservative. He says a conservative represents people better. So the federal NDP, like, I mean, like, he, it's a joke. Shut down the pipeline. And, you know, the worst part, where I actually feel bad for Notley. Notley is the most successful NDP politician in Canadian history. And they all abandoned her. They left her. They, they, they don't care about her. They're, they're too busy trying to do the elite manifesto. Now, I can't forgive Notley for putting Sapporo Berman, the biggest hypocrite joke in Canadian history, um, in that role. And I believe that damaged Alberta. But what I can say is I, 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 you know, I, 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 I'm torn on that, but I'll go back to that in a sec. Then you have Justin Trudeau, who wants to be, I think he wants to be for the UN. I think his ultimate game plan is to have, be like an ambassador for a year. And I think he's more suited for that. He'd be suited to be the queen. He'd be perfect. <laughs> and that's all he wants to do is be symbolic. I care about this and I'm this and I'll cut this ribbon and, but okay, let's have a discussion here. Um, what's the guy's name from that late show? Trevor Noah, uh, no one, whatever. Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Yeah. Okay. So Trevor Noah is from South Africa. I like his show sometimes, but I'm, I, you know, he's been very anti pipeline, anti Keystone XL and, and he kind of has this higher than thou kind of attitude. When you tweet out, $50 million to his charity of choice. You are misrepresenting all Canada. You're abusing your position as prime minister. You have no respect for the tax dollars that made that $50 million. And when GM just did a massive layoff in Ontario, which you care, which he cares more about than the far more, and I'm not downplaying the layoff, but what I'll say is that, that those amount of layoffs are monthly for Alberta. So wake up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but when you, you don't, okay, that, that 50 million could have gone somewhere else, but no, you're like, you're pledging it. Like you could just pledge it. Like, is there no accountability to Justin Trudeau? Can't, doesn't have to go through some sort of process. I mean, like it, 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 it's sad. So you have him who really has no sense of money, just spending all the country's, country's money. And I believe that the economy is doing good in certain parts simply because he's propping it up with more debt. That's my theory. And I'm not an economist by any means. And then you have, the NDP, and then you have the Conservatives trying, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if Shears the right dude or not, but at the same time, I mean, they're trying, and I, and I listen to when they speak, especially like, you know, um, especially like Michelle Rempel, and I, why are these names drawing me blank right now? But um, anyway, I like, I, I like, they're calling them out, and they're, they're trying, right? But, it, but it's not, it's not how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't think anyone really knows what means what anymore, and I'm scared that 
there's people smarter than me and they're way ahead of Canada and they're just laughing at us. So like I'll watch the Canadians play and they're and meanwhile we're we're slowly, you know, we're slowly destroying everything that made Canada made Canada a great country to live in and a in a in a fair and equal country. You know, um, the most important thing someone asked me about Jason Kenny the other day, like Robbie, you know, you're gay and you know, all this type of stuff and, and I and and, and and Kenny's gonna do this and Kenny's gonna do that. And I said, All I care about is a pipeline. You can fight about different rules and laws and programs when the economy's good. When the economy's good, you can have these discussions. But if no one has a job and no one can, you know, put their pay for their families and are in foreclosure, well then you've got real problems. And that's a real problem. Like I think we have this problem in society now where we like we think problems are not our problems. Or, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. feeding our families you know, having money for healthcare and hospitals and and the ability for people if they want to make a choice to open a business that they have a shot, that's really important. And I think that's all on the line. And if we don't solve our oil problem immediately, I don't know what Alberta's gonna be. And maybe to poor Berman and Gerald Daryl Butts, maybe they won. Maybe they've accomplished what they wanted to do. You know, maybe maybe General Butts convinced Justin Trudeau to buy a pipeline, never to build it. It's not his four billion. What does he care? Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, if I were to uh, devise a plan um, to kill the oil industry, I wouldn't have done anything different than what these people have done. I would do exactly what they've done: bring in a carbon tax, um, change regulations on pipelines halfway through, bring in Bill sixty C sixty nine to basically deter any other. Uh, pipeline proposals, um, buy a pipeline and then never get it built. Um, I would, I would, I literally would not do anything different than what they're doing, including the production cuts. Because if I were an investor uh, to Alberta, I wouldn't go somewhere where the government could put the brakes on my project and my production to protect their royalties, I'd go to Saskatchewan, I'd go to North Dakota, I'd go to Texas. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with you. I'm, you know, I think that's a very terrifying position that we're in. And I don't know, I don't know what I would do if I was in that position. I, I mean, I honestly never really thought about that point. I'm going to have to give it some time and try to weigh it out before I formulate my final opinion on it. But that is a very valid point and is that their end game are they simply trying to like destroy our industry in one way or another it's i mean these guys they fight on multiple fronts it's Mm -hmm. not just like you know we fight on a couple they fight on multiple fronts they like i mean i've seen it i've i've seen so many scary things that happen behind the scenes that you know people deliberately like come up and they work for a specific organization and then they they try it's all it's a big game of influence and it's very sad and very scary because, you know, if we don't fix this, I mean, we're the funny thing is like all of us will like, I mean, the Fort Mackay First Nation, I mean, they have $250 million in a, in a tank farm. You have um, the for, the Miccosue also, you're, you're going to see everybody fall apart. So, I mean, going forward, we need to be honest. I know there's certain organizations that they fight projects because they want more from the oil companies mm-hmm. i've seen it 
So yeah. that needs to stop, right? Like you can't take Greenpeace. I mean, they can't. They're, they're playing all sides. Like they're they're friends with Greenpeace because well, Greenpeace will kick up a fight until they get what they want, and then when they get what they want, they oh yeah. no, Greenpeace is bad. So that happens. Um, I don't know. I just wish people were more honest, and and I don't find. Like, I mean, whether people like Notley or not, I feel that she keeps her word, or at least she, you knew what she was going to do if she's elected. Trump, the same. Trump did everything he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Not true, though. No. I'm going to have a $10 billion deficit. He didn't say a, billion, a deficit for the, the entire term of his election. I mean, ugh. It just, it's just scary. I mean, I would take Stephen Harper, like, any day, because I felt that Stephen Harper knew... And then, I mean, and, and Stephen Harper, like, I mean, like when he had that economic crash, I mean, he, he out of all of the, the GA countries, he navigated it the best with intelligence mm-hmm. and, and thoughtfulness and planning. I, w- I was very impressed with that. And every single time Trudeau gets called out on something, well, Stephen Harper didn't do this and Stephen Harper didn't do that. I mean, it's, it's just horrible. They're asking him questions and he started bringing up French language stuff in Ontario. I mean, answer the question. Be honest. Be honest. Just simply say like yes, no, whatever. Don't why with the spin all the time. I don't know. I I would expect way more from my from my leaders. Um, I I you know I I wish we I wish I I do as much as I can with what I have, and I think I have a pretty big impact. But I am I am terrified right now, to be truthful. Well, that is a pretty dark note to leave our interview on. (laughs) But I do want to give you the opportunity to plug uh, yourself and your efforts and your shirts um, because you are basically self-funded. You don't have any patrons to help you fight these battles that you fight on our behalf. Um, You're flying all over the place. You're driving all over the place. Um, you're staying in hotels, um, <laughs> like you are right now. Um, so where can people buy your tur- buy your shirts, buy some merchandise and help you out? So I am going to be, um, redoing my clothing line. You just go to oilsandstrong.com and we have a, a small store, uh, buy some t-shirts and yes, I am 100% self-funded. Um, I do sell shirts. Sometimes I sell them in bulk, but I'd like to raise a little bit more money. Um, my marketing company, um, like uh, I have uh, uh, three employees and the contracts I get from my marketing company from my other business stuff that supplements it. But uh, yeah, I know I'm a self-funded. Um, so oilsandstrong.com and then I'm going to be working on some new projects right away. So um, I'm looking for some sponsorship too. I have a video series called Visit Fort McMurray and I'm doing one called Visit Calgary right away. So I'm looking for some sponsorship in that as well. Um, and then basically... Uh, like my, my social media reach is decent. Like last month, I think I had over 5 million impressions on my social media. So I think that's good. So yeah, I, I, please sponsor support. Um, if you like what I do or what um, I, I, I would appreciate that. It's a cool logo. You know, it's pretty, pretty cool. And I'm going to have some nice stuff in the near future. Well, I can't wait because I'm going to be one of your best customers. Robbie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, taking the time tonight to talk to me and share your thoughts on what's happening in the oil patch. Um, I know it's dark times, um, but I'm hopeful for the future if we change government a couple of times here. Well, I think, um, look, here's my mess. And I'm, I'm still going to be nonpartisan, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, be political here. When you vote, vote on one simple principle. 
is the person I'm voting for going to help me be more successful so I can support my family? And I think that's a key thing. I think that's the most important thing right now. Alberta was the envy of all economies in the world for a while, or at least in Canada. And Alberta carried this country. And never mind the tax revenue or transfer payments. Alberta gave people opportunities from Newfoundland that was going through a tough time to come and work in Fort McMurray or work in Calgary or work in Red Deer or wherever and make money and make a better life. And because of the money they made, they were able to pay off their house in Newfoundland. They could retire there. Alberta deserves better from the rest of Canada. We deserve an opportunity to have fair market value for our product that the world needs and consumes. So wherever you vote, have a conscious decision. How will that help? And, and I think that that's very key, um, particularly federally. Because like these pipelines should have been built years ago and they should not be influenced by people that, you know, had jobs in uh, hypocritical environmental organizations with massive payouts before they took a nice cushy job in government. Amen, Robbie. Thanks again so much for coming on the show and thanks for that advice. I hope everybody takes it and runs with it, although I don't think I have to worry about my viewers not, <laughs> not following that advice. Thanks, Robbie. Thank you for having me. My friend Robbie has clearly done his best to remain non-political, but to still try to move the needle and change the discussion around the ethical nature of Canada's oil and gas industry, as opposed to our global competitors like those in Algeria or Saudi Arabia. But it sounds like there's only so much one man can take before he becomes politically motivated. And I don't think Robbie is alone in feeling that way. People who were happy to just go to work and pay their taxes and take care of their families suddenly aren't able to do those things anymore. And they realize that it is because of the politicians who are currently in power. And I think that crowd of 2,500 people who gathered in downtown Calgary to protest Justin Trudeau is proof of that. That normal, non-political citizens are being mobilized against the powers that be. Notley and Trudeau's bad policies are creating the political movement that will one day lead to their ouster. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time, as always, to tune in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. Thank you.